0: What's up world? I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actor-director Bradley Cooper and the movie The Eyes of Tammy Faye. First, let's talk about the career of Bradley Cooper. Early on in his career, Cooper had supporting roles in the TV series Alias with Jennifer Gardner and in the comedies Wet Hot American Summer, Wedding Crashers with Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson, Failure to Launch with Matthew McConaughey, Yes Man with Jim Carrey. His real breakout as a movie star happened with The Hangover, and I feel like as time goes by, people forget how big this movie was. Instantly, this movie made Bradley Cooper, along with Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis stars. It is still the highest grossing domestic R-rated comedy film ever. It made $277 million in the United States and $467 million worldwide. Cooper gives my favorite performance in that movie. Galifianakis and even Ken Jeong are really good going for it and they're giving fun performances, but man is Bradley Cooper just a full-on movie star in The Hangover. He is the reason why that movie works. The movie that proved that Bradley Cooper could be a capable leading man for a drama is Limitless, which also feels like an overlooked Bradley Cooper movie. The movie also stars Robert De Niro, who has gone on to work with Cooper three other times on Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle and Joy, and all three of those films were directed by David O. Russell, who really knows how to get the best out of Bradley Cooper. It felt like instantly Bradley Cooper went from the guy who was in The Hangover to being one of the best actors working today. It was like instant. Cooper famously has not yet won an Oscar, yet he's a critical darling. He was nominated three straight years for leading man in Silver Linings Playbook, American Hustle, and American Sniper. And let's not say that Cooper is not without his misses. He does not always make good movies, I mean, the A-Team, the second and third Hangover films, and Aloha are not very good films. I also think those second and third Hangover movies leave a bad taste in my mouth. Like, I get it. You wanted it to be a franchise. You wanted to cash out. You all made a bowload of money in those sequel movies in that first movie. But still, those movies are terrible. And it kind of hurts the reputation of the first one. Like, you watch the first one and you're like, wow, this movie really works. And then you watch the other two and you're like, wow... This really isn't a very good franchise. It's a one-hit wonder type of a movie. You can't talk about Bradley Cooper without mentioning the name Jennifer Lawrence, and the three of them have appeared in three of my favorite films: *Silver Linings Playbook*, *American Hustle*, and *Joy*. And man, do they have electric chemistry! Even in *Joy*, when they're not a couple in that movie, their scenes together are the best in that film, and I absolutely love *Silver Linings Playbook*. I'll talk more about that movie in a second, and even in American Hustle. You want them to be on screen together. They were two of the biggest movie stars of the time period during that run. They're still gigantic movie stars. I want them to make another movie together. I'm one of those people that really wanted Jennifer Lawrence in A Star is Born. As great as Lady Gaga is, I would have loved to see Jennifer Lawrence in that movie. I just think they're one of the best modern actor-actresses pairings along with some of my favorites Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and Kristen Stewart and Jesse Eisenberg When Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence appear in a movie, it becomes a must-see because of these films that they made. Yeah, they made a movie, Burnt, that I really haven't seen, and I heard it's pretty bad, but Joy, Silver Linings Playbook, and American Hustle are really good films. One of the smartest things Bradley Cooper has done in his career is be the voice of the character of Rocket Raccoon in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies because he gets to cash in and be a part of the biggest movies in the world the Marvel films, without having to spend all this time playing a superhero. He's not Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. had to dedicate a decade of his acting career being Iron Man, while Bradley Cooper gets to voice a raccoon. Now, is Bradley Cooper getting a lot of credit for voicing the character of Rocket Raccoon? Probably not, but he is cashing in and he is being in some of the biggest movies ever made without having to fully be a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I think it's a a brilliant aspect of his career that not enough people talk about. He does not have to dedicate his career being in these big blockbuster movies. All he has to do is voice a fun character. Cooper is, of course, best known as a leading man, but he's also been great in supporting roles in Joy. Like I said, he shares some of the best scenes of that film with Jennifer Lawrence, War Dogs, where he goes for it. It's a bonkers performance. The scene with Miles Teller at the end is chilling, and then you have the mule where he gets to share screen time with with the legend Clint Eastwood, also Lawrence Fishburne and Michael Pena, whom he worked with on American Hustle. And he, of course, previously worked with Clint Eastwood on the movie American Sniper. In 2018, Bradley Cooper made his directorial debut with the fourth remake of A Star is Born, and this is one of the best debuts for a filmmaker ever. The film has a great performance from Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott also. Both were nominated for Oscars, and Cooper himself made a wild choice with the voice and then he justified it in the end of the film. I think it's a brilliant electric movie. There's so many great moments. The scene where Cooper's character Jackson Maine discovers Gaga's alley, and the scene with Dave Chappelle. Andrew Dice Clay is also great in the film. It was a crime Cooper was not even nominated for the Best Director at the Oscars. I think A Star is Born should have won Best Picture. I mean, we're still talking about A Star is Born, and no one is talking about Green Book. My favorite Bradley Cooper performance comes in the movie Silver Linings Playbook. This is the movie that made me a massive fan of Bradley Cooper and thought he was an excellent actor. I mean he is just so committed in this role. He is just going for it. His scenes with Jennifer Lawrence are tremendous. Both of them should have won Oscars. I know Jennifer Lawrence did and I'm happy for her but I also think Bradley Cooper should have won for his performance. I love his scenes with Robert De Niro. I mean the scene where he goes to the Eagles game is insane. The more times I watch that movie, the more I'm impressed with Bradley Cooper's performance. The most underrated Cooper performance is in Derek Franz's The Place Beyond the Pines. In it, Cooper is playing a cop who regrets a shooting, and as soon as he thinks he's done with the incident, it comes back to haunt him. Like most of Bradley Cooper's performances, he's super committed, and that movie is just so great. I mean, that movie, there's like three different parts. One part, Ryan Gosling is the lead. One part, Bradley Cooper is is the lead, and then the final act of the movie, Dane DeHaan, is the lead. I could not recommend that movie anymore. The Place Beyond the Pines is one of the most underrated films ever. I think if you were going to compare Bradley Cooper's career to any other major movie star, it would be Sean Penn's. Penn, like Cooper, broke out with a comedy, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, then became one of the best actors of their generation, and like Cooper, Penn is also a really good director. He directed The Pledge and Into the Wild. The biggest comparison of the two, for me, is their intensity. Penn and Cooper are not subtle, and I mean that as a compliment. They both make choices on screen that you can see so clearly. I mean, in A Star is Born, the voice that Bradley Cooper decides to go with, and then you have Sean Penn in Mystic River just screaming like a madman. I mean, these two are so intense. I find them so similar when it comes to their approach to acting. I mean, they leave it all on Cooper is set to have a big 2021 as he's appearing in two of the most highly anticipated films of the year, Licorice Pizza with Alana Haim, Cooper Hoffman, and the aforementioned Sean Penn. Directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, Cooper is playing infamous movie producer John Peters, and he's also starring in Nightmare Alley with Rooney Mara, Cate Blanchett, Tony Collette, and Willem Dafoe, directed by Guillermo del Toro. He's also going to reprise his role as Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume 3, and is set to direct his second film, Maestro, where he will play legendary music composer Leonard Bernstein along with Carrie Mulligan and Jeremy Strong. Here are the Bradley Cooper performances I recommend you check out The Hangover, Limitless, The Place Beyond the Pines, Silver Linings, Playbook, American Hustle, American Sniper, Joy, War Dogs, A Star Is Born, and The Mule. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Here's a quick synopsis. Tammy Faye Baker and her husband Jim become the face of religious television, but Jim's mishandling of their empire leads to their downfall and ruins their reputations. The film stars Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield with Cherry Jones from Defending Jacob and Vincent D'Onofrio from Daredevil in supporting roles. There were some things I really liked about this movie and other things I didn't, so let's get right into it. The standout performances come from Jessica Chastain who is fully going for with this movie it's all about her performance a lot of people think this is her best role I personally don't I think she's a lot better in Molly's Game Take Shelter and Interstellar weirdly enough Molly's Game has become a super underrated film I think Aaron Sorkin deserved to be nominated for that screenplay it was a great directorial debut for him I love Molly's Game and I don't understand people who don't Take Shelter is really good it's another underrated indie flick And then you have Interstellar, where, yeah, it's all about Matthew McConaughey, but Jessica Chastain is also great in that. Chastain as Tammy Faye Baker is getting a lot of Oscar buzz because these are the type of performances that normally win Oscars. I mean, she's playing a real-life person, it's a super showy performance, and she does not look like herself. I mean, look at the past. Gary Oldman won for playing Winston Churchill in The Darkest Hour, Nicole Kidman won for The Hours, Meryl Streep in The Iron Lady, and Charlie Theron in Monster. These people did not look like themselves, and they were rewarded for it. I mean, this has become a real obsession when actors do not look like themselves, when they change their appearance. We're all obsessing about Jared Leto in The House of Gucci for his appearance, and even Colin Farrell in The Penguin. When actors change their looks, we, as a society, become obsessed with their performance, and sometimes it really has nothing to do with the performance. I mean, Jessica Chastain is really good in this movie, but I don't think on its merits that it's an Oscar winning performance. There's no denying that Chastain is having a big year with this movie and the HBO show Scenes from a Marriage with Oscar Isaac. And then you have Andrew Garfield who is playing Jim Baker who is someone who talks like he has the answers to every problem. The issue is he thinks money is the solution. Fascinating to look at the free films that Andrew Garfield has made about religion. In 2016 he was in Hacksaw Ridge where he played a noble, non-violent war hero. Also that year, he was in Silence, where he played someone who was beginning to question his faith, and then with this movie, he's playing a religious celebrity who is obsessed with his own personal wealth. I would be okay if he's nominated for an Oscar for his role in this movie and for his performance in Tick, Tick, Boom. I'm a fan of the director of this movie, Michael Showalter, who directed The Big Sick with Kumail Nanjiani, Ray Romano, Holly Hunter, and Zoe I love that movie. I think it's one of the best romantic comedies of all time. It made Kumail a star. It proved that Ray Romano is a tremendous actor. And he also directed the movie The Lovebirds, which is a super fun movie with Kumail and Issa Rae. Not a great movie by any means, but still has some really good laughs. And I think he was the perfect fit for this movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, because he can make movies that are funny and dramatic at the same time. And that's what this movie is. These characters are colorful, Tammy Faye and Jim Baker, and are not normal people. The movie has a weird tone that perfectly fits Showalter as a director. Showalter's next project is the miniseries The Dropout with Amanda Seyfried, Laurie Metcalf, and William H. Macy. What I find interesting about the movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye, is that it shows the business side of religion about how crazy some of this religious entertainment is like the 700 Club and how its sole purpose is to make... A profit. I love the scenes where Cherry Jones, who plays Tammy Faye's mom, is questioning her daughter about what her TV shows have to do with religious beliefs. I also think this movie brilliantly depicts the performative side of religion. People like Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker, who are colorful and loud, can gain a lot of power, especially when given a massive power platform being a preacher is a performance in and of itself it's the dangerous side of religion you can think someone is interesting and then you can put your faith in them and then be let down my main issue with the movie is i felt like it kind of let tammy faye off the hook i know it's hard to have a diplomatic view of your main character in a movie but i find it hard to believe she didn't know everything wasn't on the up and up when it came to her and jim's finances i also don't think the movie looked deep Deep enough into the idea that for Tammy Faye, it was never about religion. It was about being the center of attention. I'm not saying that she was a bad person. I mean, she defended gay people and said they are just human beings on TV in a time period when not a lot of people were doing that, and that's super cool, but I found this movie very similar to that movie Bombshell, and that movie was criticized because it kind of went easy on Megyn Kelly, played by Charlie Theron. I mean, the movie ignored the fact that Megyn Kelly is a problematic figure, and I kind of feel the same way about this movie when it comes to Tammy Faye. Now, I get it. The movie's purpose is to make these two characters sympathetic figures. I mean, that's what Bombshell is doing with Kelly, and that's what the eyes of Tammy Faye are doing about Tammy Faye, but at the end of these movies, I don't think these movies honestly depict who these people were as human beings. They're using these characters to tell a story through a movie, and I understand all of that, but I don't don't think this movie truly knows how it feels about Tammy Faye Baker. Is she a good person? Is she a bad person? Is she religious? Is she just trying to entertain us? I don't know how the movie feels about Tammy Faye, so I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about Tammy Faye Baker. I mean, am I supposed to walk away from this movie feeling like the world did Tammy Faye Baker wrong? I don't know what the movie wants me to feel about Tammy Faye Baker. I think it's an interesting story. It's worth knowing. Like I didn't know that Jim- Baker basically created the 700 Club. I learned a lot of things from this film. I just didn't learn that much about the main character. What was the driving force for Tammy Faye Baker? It feels like it was just to be a celebrity and just to be rich. So sorry if I wasn't shocked. And I don't believe that she didn't know that Jim Baker was not on the up and up. I think this movie was way too kind to its main character, like most biopics are. But it's easier to do that when you're making a movie about a character like Lincoln. Like when you watch Lincoln, you're not like, "Ooh, I really want to know the dirt on Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln, but when you watch a movie like Bombshell, you're like, okay, I want to know more about the real Megyn Kelly, and when you watch The Eyes of Tammy Faye, I think you walk away going, I want to know the real Tammy Faye Baker, and I'm not sure this movie gave me all that. I think the movie tries to have its cake and eat it too, I mean, it goes right up against religious television and how bad that is, but then it goes easy on the people who did it, I mean, that scene in the jail where Jim Baker is like, I know the error of my ways, it was all about money, give me a break, I do not believe leave that for a second, that Jim Baker is still not obsessed about money. I think this movie is too sympathetic to its lead characters by the end of the movie. It looked like it was going to be harsh on them and say, look, this entire industry that they built is fraudulent. And then it turns it around and goes, oh, I was just about money. I'm still into religion and whatnot. I find that to be ludicrous. I did not like the ending of this movie. I liked the performances in this movie. I thought this movie was informative. Not a a lot of people know the story. I find that all interesting, but it feels like from watching it, the movie wants me to take away, ignore all the negatives, and just think about the positives when it comes to Tammy Faye Baker, and I find that impossible to do. I'm really interested to see if Chastain wins an Oscar. I mean, the competition will be Kristen Stewart for Spencer, Nicole Kidman for being the Ricardos, Jennifer Hudson for Respect, Olivia Colman for The Last Daughter, and either Penelope Cruz for Parallel Mothers, Joe, Cody Comer for the last duel, or Tessa Thompson for passing. Listen, my personal choice is Kristen Stewart, but my fear is the Oscars do not give awards for subtle performances, and I think Kristen Stewart is giving a brilliant, subtle performance, but sometimes that can be largely ignored by those voters, and it feels like that they always reward showier performances, and guess what? Jessica Chastain is a way more look-at-me showy performance, so my fear is she'll end up winning the the Oscar and Kristen Stewart will walk home empty-handed. I hope that doesn't happen. I want Kristen Stewart to win an Oscar for Spencer, but Jessica Chastain is not bad in this movie. It probably deserves to be nominated for an Oscar. I just don't want her to win. This is a movie whose biggest strength is its performances. I mean, Chastain and Garfield are on the top of their games. They've been two of the more consistent movie stars of the past decade. I really enjoyed their performances. Again, I think Chastain is really good in this movie. I think Andrew Garfield is equally good as Jim Baker. I mean, he really goes for it. One of my other big takeaways from this movie is it's really hard to understand how much time has gone by watching the movie. It's hard to understand when Chastain is getting older and when Andrew Garfield is getting older. Like, How much of a time period did these people dominate religious TV? I still don't have a sense of that. Maybe I need to do some outside research. But this movie is another example of why you should make a movie about a moment in someone's life. This movie would have been better if it was about a moment in Tammy Faye's life, not her entire period with Jim Baker. It's too much for a movie. This movie is trying to do too many things. It's still a really good movie. I still really like it, but I prefer biopics like Spencer that are about a moment in someone's life. I mean, by the end of the eyes of Tammy Faye, you've gone through decades of Tammy Faye Baker's life. Overall, I really did enjoy This movie, the performances are really showy. It's a fun movie, maybe not the best movie of the year. It's not going to get a best picture nomination. The performances are probably going to get nominated. Chastain is definitely going to be there by the end of the Oscars or the awards. Maybe she'll end up winning. Maybe she won't. I highly recommend you watch the movie, The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple podcast on Spotify, and this week I put the spotlight on the career of actor-director Bradley Cooper and the movie The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on the career of actress-director Greta Gerwig and the movie The Power of the Dog, starring Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, and Cody Schmidt-McPhee, directed by Jane Campion. So tune into that, and please rate, review, and subscribe.